Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Scott David Chase. This is my truth. Tell me yours. Uh, I'm standing on a street in Jerome, Arizona, which is my home for several years, several years ago. Uh, I just spoke with Hannah Lee. She's an artist all around. Pretty rad lady. Um, I knew Hannah from here, and then we've stayed in touch through the magic of the internet, but uh, I told her, you know, I was coming out here on a road trip, and I definitely wanted to sit down and chat with her. Uh, so we had a really interesting chat. I had some tea. She showed me her art, and yeah, just had a good uh, good conversation, and uh, it was great to see her. I hadn't seen her in about six years, so I mean, I've seen her on digital platforms, and we've communicated that way, but seeing someone in the flesh, uh, person to person is always better in my opinion. So it was great to reconnect with her and, uh, it's a beautiful day here in Jerome and I'm going to walk around for a little bit and just kind of enjoy my time here. And I've got this, uh, amazing view of the San Francisco peaks, uh, and just this gorgeous view. If you've never been to Jerome, I highly recommend it. And, uh, yeah, hope you enjoy my chat with Hannah Lee. My, I don't know, I like, I've, I only recently came to terms with like most of my family not getting me and like, not even like artistically, just like how I live my life and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And like, like I've known it for a while, but I haven't been like, like it bummed me out for a while and I was just like, eh, you can't please everyone. And Yeah, for me, I find that I am, um, too actively aggressive. Yeah. And so uh, I think that I just, uh, I make people that like to be pleasant very nervous. Sure. Yeah. Wait, so, how, how do you mean um, Well, it's certainly not passive. Right. Um, yeah, no, I, it's something where if I feel as if you are in the way, I'm going to tell you, Maybe if you aren't in the way, things will happen smoother. So it's better, like, if you were to break something. Right. And you're maybe kind of drunk. Maybe you shouldn't be the one cleaning it. And it would just be better if you weren't helping. Fair enough. And you just watched. And I think that that makes people really upset when they feel like they want to be helpful because they feel bad. Right. And I come in and I discipline them. (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, I guess it would depend on how you say it, too. But I'm sure... I'm, I'm sure you probably use a little bit of brevity and just like, hey, stop doing that. You yeah, I'm pretty cut and dry. Yeah. I there's no like uh, there's no restraint for um, age or like right. family member or anything. It's like right. I'm going to treat you all the same. So hey, maybe don't do that. <laughs> it's funny because like you know uh, through our like you know messaging back and forth, like you know I'm like, oh, I think you're nice, and you're like, you're, you're the only one. <laughs> but I've looked at like my my friend group mm-hmm. and that's like and and granted we haven't seen each other in like six years probably at least but yeah. i still consider you a friend thank you um and certainly like an artistic peer which is like and like at this point in my life that's kind of what like i'm looking for as far as like people to interact with and like yeah. people to learn from like people who inspire me so but i was looking at because uh 
do you know Alex Worth? He bartends it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was on the phone last night with, I had told him my best friend was watching my dog and my cat. And then gotcha. I was on the phone with her and he's like, who are you talking to? I was like, my friend Jenna, who's watching the dog. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I thought you said your best friend. But I was like, yeah. He's like, I just assumed it was a guy. And I was like, uh-huh. I was like, I get it. I was like, but you and I have been friends for a long time. I was like, I only have like five guy friends. I was like, yeah. you're one of them. Yeah. I was like, but I was, so after that, I was thinking about like my, my friend group. And I was like, most of it are women who speak their minds. Right. And guys who are like overly sensitive. Yes. It's just yeah. Like, yeah. It's yeah. that good medium right. space. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, I find that I have a really hard time um, retaining friends and I don't know if it's just circumstances yeah. or um, I like the fact that we are young. So it's not necessarily even moving away. It's just I think that I, um, I'm i pretty honest. Sure. So it's one of those things where if I don't like what you're doing, I'm going to be like, hey. Right. I'm not into this. Yeah. And like I'm not doing any better than you. I'm just, sure. uh, you know, and you can call me. I think that there's just a certain thing where there's a certain amount of like secrets or like how to be respectful to one another that I just like missed somewhere um so yeah I find that I I just I have a very like low tolerance for um not necessarily like all weakness because that sounds like a major cunty thing to say but like I think that uh the weakness that causes you to um stop being a real person sure yeah sure yeah well, it's interesting because, like, particularly when you're younger, or at least when I was younger, yeah. you're like, oh, you like this band, I like this band, we're friends. And that, like, that can be, like, the, at least your jumping off point for being friends. Yeah. And, but, like, who you are as a person doesn't necessarily come into play as much. And a lot of it, I'm sure, has to do with, like, when you're, you know, when certainly when I was in my early 20s, I didn't know who I was as a person and it was constantly evolving. But, like, so I had coffee with, like, and I keep having to stop myself when I'm telling people about this friend. I was like, it's a friend, but it's someone I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't mean to say that I have any malice towards him or any ill feeling at right. all. It was just, I hadn't seen him in 18 years. Right, so there's differences that well, we had coffee. said. We had nothing to talk in about. common other than the yeah. fact that we had known each other yeah. for 30 years but yeah. at least 18 of those 30 years we hadn't seen each other and it was it was pleasant it wasn't yeah. uncomfortable but I was like okay like and he also lives in the Pacific Northwest so right. and I'm, I live in New Hampshire so yeah. I'm like there's a reason we haven't seen each other but also there's no real reason for us for to us see each other yeah. ever again yeah well it's his. so his parents are at the age where they're closing up the house they grew up in and they're going to mm-hmm. move out west with him so okay. I may actually drive his parents so hmm. I'm always looking for an excuse to, to drive cross country oh, yeah. so um, but and, and I'd be I'd be fine doing that too like it was funny my mom was like you know his parents are like a little weird and I'm like yeah they're in their 70s everyone's weird if they've made it that long like, I'm, I'm <laughs> they're just, expiring of course yeah. they're. <laughs> but I'm also like have you met me everyone I know is weird yeah. that's like I'm like I don't like normal people yeah and I was just like whatever I can I can put up with you yeah know, anything for, for a finite amount of time oh yeah so. I think you can be anybody for three weeks oh, we okay. a, a, a yeah. visitor. okay okay 
she's new. She's 10. Her name's Nora. Nice. Yeah. I adopted her last week, so... Nice. Did you get her here at Jerome? Uh, no, I didn't, which would have been a really smart thing to do, right. but I went to Sedona because um, I like to date far away. That makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, she's... She's great. But I do think that you can be um, anyone for three weeks. It's like my my most firm belief in life is that like when you meet someone, you can be anything they're really wanting you to be. And then after three weeks, you've run out of like the stories about you that you like easily share. And then you have to be a real person. And sure. then it's kind of the how well do you really know each other after right. that. So it's like a great trial period. It's like um, if you have like if you take someone to an art museum on like a first date, that's how you can discern whether, um, what kind of person they are. Right. Like if they're a landscape guy. Right. (laughs) So what, uh, what, what sort of art lover is your preference? Well, I no, it's, it's, uh, if you can, it's how antsy you are. Cause I don't care if you like art or not. I mean, that doesn't matter. Um, I mean, it should, but yeah, but like, uh, you know, everyone has their own personal take, but it's how uncomfortable are you in settings that you're not normally in? Sure. Um, because I, I think that that's really interesting and like human nature of, of, okay, I'm going to take you to the art museum. Um, and I'm going to just, I'm going to observe you because I go here all the time. So I'm very comfortable. So I want to see what it's like. Um, I love when they say they've never been there before. And then, um, I always like to start with the most challenging art, um, mostly because that's what the museum wants you to do. Right, right. <laughs> so usually it'll be we start with really contemporary, and I think contemporary usually makes people really uncomfortable because they're like, couldn't anyone just do this? And I'm like, in, yeah, sure, in, in theory. If right. that's like how you want to be sure. And they're like, but how is this different than like what someone would do in high school? And I'm like, I don't even want to explain it to you, but I just want to right. see like, okay, we go into one of the small theaters and it's just like wall-to-wall videos of spinning tops. How are you going to perceive right. what's happening? Like, right. are you comfortable with that? And so I think that that's a really interesting like, barometer of um, how a person does in settings that make them uncomfortable. Sure, yeah. No, I've definitely been to art museums where I get that a lot. Where was I? I was somewhere recently looking at some art and it wasn't a museum. It was at a gallery on the Oregon coast mm-hmm. uh, a few days ago with a friend. And she's like, this is cool and all, but for this price... I could do this myself. And I'm like, and, and she is an artist right. as well. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. And also I get like, cause I, I mean, I'm, I have such a weird relationship with art galleries and how yeah. they work. Cause yeah. it's a totally different thing. Cause right. I, I hear people not all the time, but every once in a while people are like, yeah, oh, you gotta show your stuff in galleries. And I'm like, well, I have had stuff in galleries yeah. and cause I don't price it the way a gallery wants stuff priced because yeah. I price stuff so people will actually buy it. Uh, yeah. But I sort of like, also the stuff that I paint generally doesn't do well in galleries. So I'm yeah. just like, it's not a touristy, like it's not a landscape. It's not abstract. We also live in this world of media where Instagram is the new gallery. I mean, Absolutely. most artists do their best on Instagram. Instagram yeah. So, you know, I mean, I bought something from um, an artist the other day. It came yesterday. Mm. Um, and I feel like she's majorly underselling her things. Yeah. Um, which was great for me. Cause I, yeah, because I'm poor. So, of sure. course, I'm happy with it. But um, I do think that it is something where uh, sometimes 
with galleries, it is tricky because maybe you price things for what you think will sell, but really you need to be pricing it $200 more because then it will sell. It's like, it's such a psychology of who's going to pay for it. And if they think it's worth a lot, sometimes they'll be like, oh yeah, I'll pay for it. And then they're like, oh, it's too cheap. So I don't want it. Or it's the person where it's like, well, that's so expensive. Why would I even? So it's, yeah, the psychology of galleries is really difficult because I mean, I work in one and I feel like, um, it's a lot of people being like, well, why is it this price? And then you have to explain, well, the reason why it's this price is because the artist asks for this price, you know, and, or, um, there's only one person that can do this. So of course, so, um, but yeah, I, I think that it is really tough and, and Instagram is opening up the world of, um, artist becoming their own management becoming their own gallery right which is a beautiful part of the internet ultimately i um i did a painting last month of my cat but i gave her ram's horns (laughs) and uh you know i had someone someone i know but Mm -hmm. someone who lives in colorado i met her in arizona but she lives in colorado now she's like is that for sale i really want to buy it and i was like well Theoretically, it is, but it's yeah. one of the largest paintings I've ever done. That's probably about the size of the window here. Yeah, and I was like, "It's gonna be so fucking expensive to ship it to you." I said, "However, I'm gonna be in Colorado next year, the first part of next year." And it was someone that you know I was planning on like meeting up with at least you know yeah. uh, getting coffee with, and she had you know a couple communications before. She's like, "Well." Next time you're coming through Denver, you know, you, you can crash here, blah, 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 blah. Sure. And I was like, well, I was like, how about this? I can either make a smaller one that's like a reasonable size to mail. Cause even yeah. a painting half that size is like 40 bucks to I show. Know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not that much less than what I would charge you for the whole painting. So I'm yeah. like, I'm like, I have to charge you like a hundred bucks and like, you know, two thirds of that or yeah. a third of that is, is shipping. But I was like, I could either do that or if I'm there for two days, I'll go to, you know, an art store, buy a canvas that size and paint it for you at your house. She's like, wait, you could do that? I was like, yeah, sure. I can. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. It'll like, be different, but it'll be yeah, the same. The same. Yeah. And I was like, I could do one of your cat instead of my cat. Yeah. And so, so I think we might do that, but yeah, it's so funny because of, I think how galleries are priced. Because I've had people ask me about prints, right. stuff I've done. Like, can you make a print of this? And I was like, uh, you could just buy the original for yeah, like, like what it would cost me to like go through the trouble. And like, yeah, it sounds like I'm being like ungrateful, but it's no. a great problem to have. But yeah. I'm just like, I just don't go. Like, there's not like a great place where I live to get prints made. And right. It's a lot of time spent doing that. That. I have a finite amount of time to make art anyways. Right. And I'm like, yeah. the time I could spend to make prints of these 10 things or whatever, I yeah. could make 10 new paintings. Yeah. And I price them so reasonably that... It's like, why, why spend 25 to 75 on a print? Right. Just buy the original. Right. Yeah. And, but I think also so much... I mean, I know growing up, whenever I saw art was for sale, it was always like, oh, this is $2,000, this is $5,000. Mm-hmm. Like the thing that my friend saw the other day that she said I could do something, you know, it was $9,600. Mm-hmm. I was like, so it's, it's $10,000. Yeah. It's, you know, at that point with tax or whatever. Yeah. I was just like, like, that's, 
that's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. it is, but it isn't. Yeah. And I think also a lot of people don't realize that, you know, stuff being sold in the gallery, that the gallery has to take a fee. Like, oh, yeah. Because they Usually have to Usually a 2.2 2 2 markup. Yeah, yeah, I mean, of course. Yeah. yeah, that's how they make any money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had shows, even at, like, coffee shops and stuff, where, you know, they take a certain percentage of people, like, well, that's not fair. And I'm like... That's business. It's, it's, it's the cost of commerce. Yeah, it's, okay, I want them to be the one that sells the... Pa- like, sure, the painting could, in theory, sell itself, but they're the one that hangs it and displays sure. it and gets and it out there, so therefore they're... Gives people a reason to come in in the first place, right. where, like, people aren't coming over to my apartment saying, can I mm-hmm. take a look at this? Although I have had two people do that in the last couple of months, but I was like... I don't want you in my living space. Yeah. 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 Is it the noon? It's new That's whistle. The new, it's yeah. got to be at least, yep, 1145. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> so, I don't know if that's being picked up on the recorder or not, but there's the, the, the fire siren in here in Jerome, which is supposed to go off at noon. It's 1145. When I moved here to town nine years ago, it was around, like, it was like, 11.53 that it went off, so it's a little early, and it keeps creeping earlier and yeah, earlier. Soon it yeah. will be the 11 whistle. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal some of your tea. Yeah, go I ahead. I didn't want to, like... Force tea upon you. Yeah. No, 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 thank you. Cool. I, uh... Yes, no, that artist doesn't make work anymore. My oh, mom really? and I, um, he, he was called something with like a rocket in his name, but he was great. We saw him at an arts festival in Madison, Wisconsin, I think. And um, yeah, I know his stuff is so cool. We were so poor at that time. It was, uh, my dad had just left. We had no money and um, we were in Wisconsin because that's where my grandparents live. And uh, my mom was, my mom always buys art when she's the poorest, that's like a right. thing. Um, and, and your mom is an artist. In yes. Well. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And she loves, um, and she does ceramics. So, um, so she loves to buy ceramics. People always think that's really funny. Cause they're like, well, your mom's like a ceramic artist. Why does she? And she's like, well, like I want to have things that inspire me around yeah. me all the time. So right. we both got coffee mugs. That one's mine. Nice. Um, my mom's is black and like has like very red round features. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, he doesn't make work anymore. And my mom has never been more upset ever. Cause she's like, if like I can afford to buy like a coffee mug, maybe I would get a whole set now. Right. And I would just put it on a credit card. So it, she's, yeah, she's like, we're going to have to make some unusual mugs right. that can kind of go a little, like, of course they'll be so different, right. but they can kind of live in the same universe. Yeah. This one has a, has a face that it's, I hesitate to say it's a robot, but it's sort it's of kind of a robot. <laughs> yeah, it's got star eyes. It's got a, a rectangle nose, a big toothy grin, and like I don't know, like I don't know if those are ears or bolts on the side. Like it's almost. Yeah. Like, it doesn't look like Frankenstein, but it's got two little bolts on the side of it, its, its head, and uh, yeah, it's a pretty yeah. Big mug. I. God, I mean, I was going to say I have a problem with mug collecting. I have a problem collecting pretty much everything though. It's so much. Shit, I've been. It was interesting. I got rid of a bunch of records and DVDs in the last month or so. And okay. There's a, so there's a record store in town where I mm-hmm. live, and they know me pretty well. I'm in there at least once a week. Yeah. And, and this was like, it was an interesting experience, and it was like I actually found it like really touching. But so I, you know, I brought in a couple bags 
with DVDs. And mm-hmm. there's a guy I talk to all the time, talk to about movies. And he starts looking at the stuff. He's like, there's some good stuff in here. And I was like, yeah. He's like, can I talk to you over here for a second? I was like, okay. And I was worried he was going to be like, is this stuff stolen or whatever? Yeah. And I was like, what's up, man? He's like, everything, everything okay with you? <laughs> I was like, yeah. What? He's like, well, this is like the third time in the last week you've brought a lot of stuff in. And I'm just worried. He's like, you're worried you're selling off your worldly possessions. Well, to- I th- like, he's just like. I don't mean to be dark, but sometimes, like, when people are in a real bad place, they get rid of stuff. And I was just like, oh, I was like, that's really sweet of you. Yeah. I was just like, no, I, he's like, I know you have, like, a lot of collections. I was like, I do, mm-hmm. but I'm also, like, doing the slow build to eventually move again. And just, mm-hmm. I, I'm like, I just have so much shit that I've accumulated. Yeah. I was like, basically, I do the whole thing where if I pick something up enough, I'm like, I have to have this yeah. still. Mm-hmm. Just like, I need to get rid of it because I just buy stuff. And so much so that, I had stuff in my house that I was like, that was in, or I had stuff that was in storage mm-hmm. from my trip two years ago yeah. that I forgot that I owned. And I was like, clearly this doesn't mean a lot to me because I didn't even know this belonged to me. So yeah. it doesn't need to belong to me anymore. Yeah. So, and it's one of those things that I'm like, I think like once a season I need to like go through and be like, all right, do I still need this? Do I still need this? And, you know, and it, it was a lot of movies, but I still have like five or six hundred movies, but I was like, yeah, if I want to watch that, which I haven't wanted to watch it in five years, it's yeah. still in the shrink wrap from when I bought it. It's yeah. it's on Netflix. It's on whatever. Yeah. It's just. It's amazing uh, what's on Netflix now. The right. things you don't even like, and because they cycle things through, how can you even keep up? Right. So yeah, it is hard knowing that you have all those things where it's like, what's the point? I've right. done a lot of sloughing off. Uh, periods recently because I've moved a lot in the last three years Um, so I feel like I'm constantly downsizing because I um, which is funny because I moved in here and I was like oh my god I have like a lot of shit because I've filled up like five rooms right right Um, is it just you here it's just me Um, so yeah it was really interesting and it was um, it's funny because I just like I'm just went through a breakup so I just like halved all my things right <laughs> um so I'm like oh my god how did I fit so much stuff in like studio apartments yeah. um and the answer was it was unlivable so yeah. that's how um but yeah it's it's been pretty interesting because I um it's interesting to see what I keep and I feel like I have this problem where I um I'm really bad at nesting so this has been like an interesting experience because I'm I'm like hanging things on the walls and I am kind of nesting for the first time so but I still have that mentality where I still have boxes in my car because I'm kind of like why bring them in if you're just gonna like move them all out again um but I'm trying not to do that so I'm trying to like bring everything inside and sort through it and kind of get rid of it but um I do think it's interesting because I feel like I don't I'm I know who I am um with a lot of certainty and I don't often do I mean change is inevitable but I don't often deviate but um I did go through I went to I moved to Flagstaff which is of course much colder um but weirdly my clothing got like shorter and tighter and smaller Mm -hmm. um living in Flagstaff and I don't know if it was just that that was what was in stores like I could either be like buying hiking gear or I could buy like these five dollar like chintzy little outfit sure so it was really interesting because and then I um I had a partner that was a big supporter of like things should be soft and comfortable and I've never been a soft and comfortable person my clothing has always been incredibly uncomfortable um 
and spiky and right. <laughs> hard to get on and off. Right. Um, like I, I've always had a lot of like dressing room anxiety because it takes me so long to get all my clothes off and back on. Right. Um, so yeah, it was interesting as my clothing kind of transitioned into like softer fabrics and like easy on kind of things. Right. So um, it's been interesting because I kept a lot of my clothing in boxes, but I did get rid of a lot of stuff. Like I got rid of this. Um, Vintage. I, when I went to cosmetology school, it was right next to a really cool thrift store, so I picked yeah. up lots of cool stuff. But I had this top that was so heavy, and I couldn't wear it because it would hurt my arm. The sequins, I like couldn't have my arms down because I would just be all scratched up oh, and like really? red. Oh, it's horrible! Oh, it's horrible! But I loved this top because I, I always um, had this thing of. Um, you go to art museums and they have these uh, closet, like they'll have the wardrobe of some disease, de- deceased model that, uh, you know, had right. like an amazing clothes. And I was like, one day though, you don't know what's going to happen to you. What right. if all of your clothes, like they're like, oh my God, she has this collection of clothing and they just shove it all in a museum right. for people like me to look right. at. Um, and so I wanted to have those things. And so I was just hanging on to, I became this insane clothes hoarder. I had, um, this is when I was still living at my mom's house. I had, of course, like standard closet um, and then I got to have a hall closet and then we hung a ballerina bar from my ceiling <laughs> for my third closet. Right. Um, so it was just starting to get really intense and the clothing was so heavy. Um, so I did get rid of a lot of things where I was like, this is really impractical. Like you can't even right. wear, like what? And I always hate that. What, where are you going to wear that? And I'm like, I can wear it anywhere, right. obviously. However, um, if the clothing physically hurts you, you should get rid of it. Sure, sure. <laughs> if it demames you, you should probably get rid of it yeah that's my new role I like oddly enough like I have a I had a ton of clothes too which Mm -hmm. is funny because anyone who knows me is like yeah you wear shorts and t-shirts it's amazing how quickly t-shirts stack up though yeah like (laughs) it was I mean it was basically every concert I went to bought a t-shirt you know anyone I know who's in a band I probably have two or three t-shirts in your band but like basically any like event where like a t-shirt could be sold at I bought one and then yeah. just had to get rid of it. luckily one of the things that's helped me is like you know having lost a chunk of weight this year mm-hmm. a lot of my clothes just don't fit me anymore and yeah. that's my rule I was just like I'm not hanging on to anything that's too big for yeah. me anymore um, one of the nice things is I can now wear stuff I haven't been able to wear in a while but I held yeah. on to it because it was like oh it was my friend's band's t-shirt it's too yeah. tight for me but yeah. eh, I'll wear it again and I was like oh now it's like a new t-shirt yeah which but, is great everything comes back around yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, my mom's always been that way my mom um, my mom really holds on to stuff she's a major collector but then my dad was um, like a backpack guy like everything he needed he could just put in a backpack and sure. just pack up and leave um, and then my mom has been like a major major collector I mean her house is um, insanity like she has two kilns and she's got these big giant bookcases full of books that she makes herself so they can be altered for the size of the book um, and so you know it's it's really interesting that you know having no wall space because right. every inch of it is covered in art both yours and other people's mm-hmm. and then and then the um, having your life be so um, untraceable like you can just pack it all up and it was like you were never there and there for a while that's kind of how I was living so it's really interesting now um, seeing all my stuff because uh, for a long time it, it was all in different location you know right. I didn't even know where all of it was um, a lot of things were you know in my car um, it was really interesting for like having homes it was very homeless it was kind of just um, which is like such a bougie thing to say. Oh man, I was chosen homeless because 
because I just was everywhere. Um, not on purpose. I just was commuting constantly to all different areas. And then even when I would get apartments, I was still commuting because I would commute here from Flagstaff. Right. So it was never like I um, felt like I should be anywhere. Right. But yeah, I, I definitely, um, I, I like the idea of being, well, I've always wanted to be invisible because I really hate being um, stopped constantly, which again sounds like a really cunty thing to say. Like I'm complaining because oh my god, people just think I'm so beautiful um, that they must stop me on the street. Uh-huh. Um, which is like in its own right, yeah, that's like a shitty thing to say. But also, um, like I, I physically can't get through life without constant interruptions from people that don't know me. Sure. Um, which I just think is incredibly offensive. I once was getting um, dinner with a friend and her idiot boyfriend, Mm -hmm. um, as all boyfriends tend to be. Um, And uh, I think that it's really interesting because I, I mean, obviously we all have insecurities, but um, I think that it's really interesting when people like really throw their insecurity at you. Um, And so we were um, eating outside and a, um, a family walked by, and this woman had, like, beautiful hair. It was just, like, super well done. And um, and I was like, oh, my God, that woman is so beautiful. And I just said it to our group. And he was like, you should go tell her. He's like, he's like, no, she'll love it. And he just started going off on this long rant on how he loves when people compliment him on his tongue ring, which, by the way, gross. Um, right. <laughs> he was like, no, when people compliment me, it just makes me feel so good. And I was like here's the deal. And I appreciate your like five minute rant where you talked over me. Um, I think it's really important that you realize that um, that woman knows she's beautiful. You want to know why she's holding hands with her husband and she has two like clearly beautiful children and they're out somewhere right now. She knows she's beautiful because people are telling her in that she has this beautiful family and it seems fine. Also, I'm not going to insert myself into their lives. Here's why. Um, They've already walked away. So I'm not going to chase after her um, because I've now built up the courage. Um, I'm not going to scream at her from over a fenced in area of a restaurant and be like, Hey, Oh my God. You know, these people don't, people don't need these interjections. I mean, telling, giving people compliments is such an intimate thing to do. Mm-hmm. It should be taken that way. Sure. And, um, it's like, you know, why, why insert yourself into a place that's so unnecessary? You know, sure. like if, if for instance, um, I was at work and she had come in and I had spent probably 15 minutes selling her something, I think, and I, you know, was getting to know her own personal taste and things, then I could, for instance, insert a compliment. But I I just think that, um, I mean, I've been stopped, like, I, I went through this huge phase where I considered getting a wig to go to the grocery store, um, because I just wanted to be so incognito. Um, and cause it's, it is hard, you know, you're just like walking through like Walmart and um, people will come up and they always have to touch me. That's like a huge mm. thing. It's very much like an immediate, like, Oh, I have to touch your arm or whatever. And, um, and it's something where they're like, I just had to tell you. And I'm like, you didn't fucking have to tell right. me anything. Right. I hate to tell you, but like the whole not talking to strangers things applies right. just your whole life. Like you didn't have to tell me. It's anything. a two way street. Like yeah. don't, don't let strangers come up to you, but also leave people the fuck alone. Yeah. Like, it, you know, you could just, you could just not, be here and it would be totally fine and I think that um it's really hard because I'll talk about this problem because it was something where um I was starting to get 
like it was becoming such harassment. And of course the people that are coming up to you don't know they're harassing you. They don't know how many times a day, you know, you've had this already happen to you. Um, but yeah, it was becoming where I was just like, I don't even want to, I don't even want to leave the house. I was having such anxiety going to the grocery store because I just couldn't get through it without, um, yeah, people really throwing you off. So um, I still have a lot of grocery store anxiety, which I sympathize with celebrities in that way. Sure. Because, you know, it's it's Bill Hader said one. He's like, it's not like they want to meet me. They don't care. They don't. It's, he's like, I'll meet you, but I won't take a photo with you. Right. And um, people get so upset you won't take a photo with them. Right. And I'm like, he said he'd meet you. Right. How is that not enough? So I, I think that that's, you know, it's hard. We, we really um, act on this emotion of, Okay, well, they're not a real like, person, you know, because right. I don't know them, so they're not a real person. How right. could they be a real person? And I think that that's like a weird struggle that I face is that oftentimes I'm perceived as like not a real, I'm like a circus person. Sure. That like you get to interact with. It's interesting because I was telling someone once about meeting David Byrne from The mm-hmm. Talking Heads. At- yeah a grocery store in Austin, yeah. Texas. And I was out there for South by Southwest Music Festival. Yeah. So there was there was a lot of famous people out there right. anyways. And I had just spent two hours with a very drunk Nikki Six from Motley Crue. Mm. So this was like the Love him. <laughs> this was like the antithesis <laughs> of that interaction. But right. I just I saw him and we were like heading towards each other anyways. And yeah. we were both shopping so it wasn't like I'm gonna go over there and I was yeah. I was like I'm really sorry uh, to interrupt you for a second, but I just got to say, I really appreciate the music you've made over the years. Yeah. He's like, oh, that's very kind of you to say. And that yeah. was it. Yeah. But beautiful. I told people that, and they're like, did you take a picture with them? I was like, well, I Fuck no. this was pre-cell phone. Yeah. Like, I had a cell phone, but it didn't right. have, it was a flip phone. Yeah. Uh, this was 2002, I think. They're like, well, if you didn't take a picture, it's, how, how do you know, how do we know that it happened? I was like, well, first of all, I just... it's a great story. I was like, I just fucking told you. Yeah. Secondly... Like, but it's so weird that we had like the people wanting to quote unquote meet Bill Hader. It's I, we want the commodity of being able to collect a photo with him yeah. to like prove it's ownership. Yeah. It's ownership of a moment that's right. not your life. You know, right. it's this is them every day. You know, they're they're being kind enough to be like, oh hey, thanks. Like it's cool sure. that you're like a fan of me. I realize, and of course, in theory, they know what they're getting into. But like, I think of Pete Davidson who. Right. was just, you know, he was not anyone that, anyone, I mean, I cared about him, but I'm that way. Um, but, you know, you start dating a girl that you realize is a megastar, but you don't really realize, like, the ramifications. And sure. um, that's why uh, Justin Theroux didn't want to be with Jennifer Aniston anymore, because he's like, I liked walking through Central Park and not really, like, being recognized. And then all of a sudden you're, like, with America's Sweetheart, and then you are now famous adjacent so therefore even though you are already a famous person sure. the the fame that comes along with um like these media magnets it's i mean that's horrible it's really yeah. hard yeah so i feel bad for them yeah. um which people always kind of think is really irrational they're like but you don't know them and i'm like yeah but i feel super bad for them sure like, i'm allowed sure. to feel bad for them well the other thing that you said which is interesting to me is like you know wanting to be invisible which because I, I know some people who, because obviously people can't see you mm-hmm. through this conversation, but, um, you know, I'm sure people who know you, like, mm-hmm. you like, oftentimes your hair is very colorful and yeah. you're, you know, um, you're very visually striking. Yes. 
And so some people would be like, well, why did she do X, Y, and Z? But I can actually relate because I'm actually like an incredibly shy person. But most people who know me, they're like, really? Because I'm oftentimes very boisterous, very loud, very sarcastic. And I was like, well, that was kind of a fucking defense mechanism. Because I was like, I can't. I'm lashing out at you. (laughs) And I was like, also, if I'm on the offensive, I don't have to be defensive. Right. Um, it's always been my motto. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because you're someone that I've, I've painted quite a few times and mm-hmm. a lot of times when you had blue hair. So yeah. I had a couple of people be like, do you really know a bunch of girls with blue hair? I was like, well, first of all, most of those paintings are the same person. Yes. I was like, there's only like, one girl with blue hair. Right. Well, and also I was like a lot of the paintings that I do, it's uh, a friend of mine who has dark hair that I right. took reference for. I was, I was like, but painting black hair on black canvas doesn't really do much. And no. I was like, it's it's a painting. Yeah, it can be anything. Yeah. But they're like, you know someone with blue hair? I was like, yeah. Yeah. They're like, how does she get through life? I was like, <laughs> she manages. Somehow she manages. So hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your hair is not currently blue for it's, those listening. It's and not. It is um, the same color as my teapot, which is pink. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, the pink was an interesting transition. I get um, talked to much less, which has been really great. Yeah. Um, I think that I will, and you know, I'm, the transition was so hard because the blue was such like an important part of my identity, which was part of the reason why I wanted to change it just because I felt like, okay, you've been blue so long and not that that's like a necessarily good reason to change, but it was just almost becoming oppressive. It was no longer, um, this is the thing that I do for me. This is now a thing that I feel trapped in. Sure. And so, um, I felt like changing it and, um, Oh man, I met I met this guy that was in a terrible pop punk band. Um, he had pink hair, and I was like, "If he can do it, I can do it." Sure, obviously, sure. Um, and so, yeah, no, I transitioned into the pink hair, and it was really hard because I went from—I mean, I knew my blue hair to a science. I knew what kind of person I was right. with my blue hair, and then, um, and then the pink hair. I mean, it—I mean, I had it was like twenty-one hours of t- changing from the blue to the pink and then that doesn't include the um it kind of looks weird because a you're looking at yourself completely differently now but also um it's not perfect yet because you're still even though we got it to pink it's still like a it's still kind of ugly it's not quite there so it's taken um and started the transition in march Mm -hmm. so um yeah no it it's been since I mean, mid-March that I've been working on it. And now I think that it's it's finally a good pink color. Right, but, man, it right. took so long of kind of being weird. And um, it's also weird having my hair be constantly in a state of transition because the blue was always, I mean, it was the exact same blue. Um, right. It was a perfect science. And um, now I, I use just different colors of pink depending on what is available um, or um, what I'm feeling. I'm not bleaching my hair anymore because I'm allergic to ammonia and that's Mm. why I don't do hair anymore. Um, So that's part of it. um, When did you find that out or how did you find that out? I found that out years ago and I'm just a procrastinator. So um, It's fine. Oh my God, my hands blew up like three times their size. I couldn't get rings off. Um, They were like oozing. It was horrible. And I had these rashes that made my arms like twice as big. It was so horrible. Um, And it was starting to affect everything. I couldn't put my hands in water Mm -hmm. because it would just make it more inflamed. It was so painful. I couldn't 
do anything. Yeah. Um, and we were trying to figure out what it was. So we were like, what is this allergen? And so um, what happened was the salon I was working for, they had upped the amount of ammonia that they were using in their products. Um, and it's Matrix, which doesn't matter because people use Matrix no matter what. Sure. Uh, the ammonia affects a very small number of people. Right. Um, but it, it, you know, they're like, hey, it works faster, and it's darker, and it's better. Um, and part and when of it murders one percent of the population. Yeah, no big cares. deal. I was dying. Um, I went to urgent care way, way too late. I like I, um, the problem started. I went to urgent care probably four months later. I mean, I was just like hoping it would go away. I was uh, addicted to hydrocortisone cream. Mm-hmm. Um, I had multiple tubes I would use constantly. Um, I was sleeping in gloves with lotion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just, it was something where I like, I would drive and I'd look at my hands and I was, um, it was like a very interesting, like, um, insecurity that was because it, oftentimes I'm like, yeah, who cares if I'm all like scraped up or whatever, but it was starting to become where I was like, oh my God, I called it dragon hand because my hands looked scaly. Yeah. Um, it was so gross and they would be cracked and bleeding and horrible. Um, and so I went to urgent care and they were like, oh, I know what this is. And I was like, oh, thank God. And they're like, okay, we call it surgeon's hand. And they were like, you have a problem, and then on top of it, you have this other problem. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you, you're clearly allergic to something, and you need to remove that. But, like, what's also happening on top of it that's creating this really weird thing that's happening to your skin um, is surgeon's hand, where it's when you're in and out of water too much sure. and gloves too much. So you are constantly, you are creating this, um, this contact dermatitis on top of your allergic reaction. Right. Um, and so, yeah, no, I can't. And it was, I would wake up at 3 a.m. really itchy. It was always like 3 a.m. And it was because I was doing back-to-back chemicals. We would do like a perm during my color. and yeah. um, I would do like four colors a day. And some people can do it. And, you know, people will do hair for like 40 years. Right. And um, I'm, I got through five. Yeah. <laughs> Three of them, I was completely like debilitatingly sick. Um, so, yeah, it was really interesting. And the, the problem was is that I was really good at it so right. I was like well I'm why stop if I'm good at it um but upon like the, my third trip to urgent care they were, they were like we can't keep giving you steroids you should probably Stop this should probably it. be over so how did uh like how did you deal with that as far as like because that was something that you loved obviously like um well I went to cosmetology school as a um I knew I would get a job immediately like okay. that was that was the reason it wasn't like oh yeah no I'm um because they're, oh God, cosmetology school is such a, like, a, usually a joke, in media, which all trade schools are usually, like, a joke in media because it's, like, that last resort for people or, like, they're reinventing themselves. Right. Um, and that's how it's always been because, like, note Greece, for instance, like, you're, you're dumb, so you're going to go to cosmetology school. Um, mine was an interesting case. I Sure, I did meet people like that where they were like, yeah, no, I, I don't know what I want to be, so I'm going to cosmetology school. Um, I wanted to... Um, do wigs for the Utah Shakespeare Festival. So I wanted to do hair and makeup um, because, I, it, again, it, I was like, this is an ever-growing industry. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, why go to a four-year university to be told um, that you're... Because I <sighs> college started becoming a scam, what, like, 10 years ago? Um, and, of course, I fall into that 10-year right. margin, so it was going to be something where I was like... We were starting to realize it was a scam more so then I think sure um and so I was like okay if I'm gonna go I have no money my grades are 
I'm I'm perfectly average. I was like the perfect middle of my class because I just wasn't going to school anymore because I was going to work all the time. Um, And so it was like cosmetology school is an easy FAFSA trip where you go, it's 11 months, then you're working. Um, But I wanted to do uh, hair and makeup and stuff for, um, yeah, the Utah Shakespeare Festival, which if you haven't been, everyone should go. Um, Where in Utah is it? Salt Lake City? uh, No, it is... um, it is where the university is, and I'm totally blanking on the name of that town. It's close to Zion, which I guess anything can be. Hmm. Um, Cedar City. Okay. Yeah, so uh, it's great. I went several years in high school, um, and funny enough, I actually got hired by the Utah Shakes. Like, I, I fulfilled the dream um, and that I interviewed, and they were like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, we definitely want you, and you're going to be a crew head and you're going to come out and you make 50 cents more than everyone else. And right. congratulations. And, um, but it was four months of making eight fifty an hour. And, uh, and it was like weirdly being hired was enough. And sure. I, it ended up being really bad timing for me. Um, I probably could have done it. It just was something where I was like, I've got bills and I can't be gone for like four months. Things change. I mean, like in theory, four months is nothing. I mean, it goes by so fast and it's just continuing to go by faster and faster. But um, I was like, a lot can be so different. And it was something where it was still months and months away. So it felt like even longer. Um, And you were how old at the time? I was 20. Okay. Maybe. Was this two years ago? Uh, no, I was, yeah, no, it was probably 20, so like three years ago. Um, yeah, it was really interesting. I, I think I just had a lot of fear. I wasn't really sure. Um, I had just started doing booth rental. I had just invested like $2,000 in a business, and I was kind of like, yeah, I could pick up and go, but will I have a business when I get back? And um yeah, and, and so I ended up not going, but it was great just being, like, hired. Because, right. like, yeah, no, I, I set out to do a thing, and I'm capable of doing that thing. It's just, like, it's a thing that you want when you're young, but, like, do I still want to do the thing I wanted to do when I was 17? Sure, um, sure. So, and this is all such a short amount of time, so it doesn't really matter. I mean, in theory, 17 to 23, it's not... It's like a very small chunk of my life, but yeah, but it's also things can change. Then such a, I mean, who you are when you're 17 and who you are when 23 are vastly different. Yeah, that's why a 23 year old shouldn't date a 17 year old. (laughs) There you go. Certainly one of the reasons. Yeah, Um, mixed with all the other, but like for instance, from a hey legal standpoint. Don't date a seventeen-year-old. Right. A, you're you're way too fucking old. Right. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. But also, it's like, okay, let's say you take that equation. Let's, yeah. Just to take the legal thing, right. of it, let's yeah. bump sure. it to eighteen right. to twenty-four-year-old. Still. Even if you have so much in common, you get along great. Yeah. That 18-year-old is not going to be that person in five years. They don't know. I have. Um, I went to a. a housewarming party recently mm. and um i never go to parties because i think that what's the point um but it was a housewarming party so it's different but it wasn't it was a house party um but you you're my sh- favorite young old lady yeah you can shove warming in there but it's just a house party right. uh <laughs> so i went to this house party and i saw a bunch of people that i haven't seen since high school right. high school which was really interesting mm-hmm. and um 
but there was this boy that I was like so in love with from like fourth grade through sure. high school uh, there, which now of course I'm not. Um, but it was um, really interesting because he was there with his girlfriend, who I remember hearing that he had started dating a younger girl um, and being kind of scandalized by it then. Um, but she's now 20 and, um, they had a huge fight in the middle of this party, uh, which is comical for me because I was the one that, um, like was there like in between go between person. Yes. I was like, how is this happening to me? I haven't talked to you in years and yet here I am, um, solving the like deep interpersonal relationship issues where it's like, okay, you clearly have abandonment issues and you have, you have the need to control this young girl and you've been controlling her since she was like 17 and um, she's now sitting basically in my lap crying that you're all she knows and uh, she has no friends and she doesn't know what to do. She like lives with you and she doesn't know how to meet people and she feels that you are um, probably a little too harsh because people can't talk to her because right. you're so insecure that you're going to lose her. Um, and it was really interesting because she came to me first um, and she's just crying because he's yelling at her in the middle of this party. Right. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've never seen you yell before. M- meanwhile, knowing what I've been through in life and then seeing this such a juxtaposition in these incredibly boring people's lives, um, <laughs> they, uh, I, was, I had to have a sit-down talk with him where I was like, you have to give this girl freedom you either need to let her go because she's 20 and knows nothing I was like but you you've given her no freedom and he's like well I know that you've learned from failure but I just really don't want her to fail and I was like so you're just pacifying her like she's she's 20 and she has no friends and she works with like a bunch of 60 year old women who probably think she's adorable and probably think you're great but she's not even allowed to hang out with your friend like it's yeah, that's you know. Yeah. Well, and that says more about him and the you know the, friend, oh, the male ego. In yes, one hundred percent. I was yeah. like, you have to let this girl go. She has to be free somewhere right. else. I mean, she lives with you, yeah. and I think she quit college to be with him because he was too insecure about how far away she was. It's you know, it's really hard watching those because um, I've dated plenty of um, insecure men that have been jealous of me, right? And so. Um, it's really interesting, like, watching... And I have control issues. I mean, I love being controlling. It's, it's great. Nothing's better than control. But it's really interesting watching the control in other people. Sure. Because it's like, wow, okay. Good. I had a... Um, it was interesting because I... Part of my trip earlier, I had a friend who I've known for 11 years join me for part of the trip. Mm-hmm. And uh, inevitably, because we've gone on several road trips. In fact, when I was living in Jerome and moving back to New Hampshire, she flew out here and rode back with me, um, which was which was fantastic. But, um, but inevitably, every time we do a, go on a road trip, we have a fight at some point. As yes. I feel anyone who spends more than about 30 hours with me at a, without a break, it's yeah. going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's hard for humans to get along for long periods of time. Oh, my anyways. God, yeah. But um, I feel like I'm... <sighs> I'm not a bad person to be friends with, but it can be a taxing thing. Like, I don't have a whole, like, I know a shitload of people. Yeah. And I like a shitload of people, but as mm-hmm. far as, like, people that, like, I love, that I trust, that, like, I talk to about, like, the inner workings of yeah. this fucking bone on top of my body, what's inside of it. Like, yeah. it's a very small 
group of people. Right. And conversely, I feel like I put a lot of expectations and demands on them, and sometimes it could be a, a lot. Yes. So anyway, we got into a fight, and it really came down to a control thing where like, I, I basically hadn't checked in with her mm-hmm. about what we were doing, and it was a very mundane thing. Right. But it was one of those things that, like, that was very important to her. Yeah. And I couldn't have cared less. You're right. I just made a decision because I was like, oh, we have to... She was asleep. Okay. So I was like, all right, I'm going to wait to get gas here and do this. Yeah. But I didn't check in with her, and it, like, became this ridiculous thing. And, like... But I also didn't want to have an argument about right. it. I was just like, okay, whatever you want. She's mm-hmm. like, don't be so fucking passive. Yeah. And I was like, no, I literally don't care. Yeah. I was like, if you think... If you would like to do this, I'm cool with that. Right. I was like, I just... So a decision needed to be made. Right. And, so you made one. And, and you weren't conscious, so I made the choice. And, you know, and because I also know if I had woken her up, she'd been like, why'd you wake me up to mm-hmm. ask when we should get gas? Yeah. Be an adult. Yeah. A but it was one of those things that I was just like, yeah, control has never been a thing for me, really. Or at least I don't yeah. think it has. But I definitely know lots of people were... They like to be, yeah, in part of what's happening to them. Yeah, yeah. No, I always think that's really interesting. I, I spent the last couple years um, paying for people because that is easier than. I don't know. I, I usually have a hard time expressing how I feel about people. I mean, I don't you know, say it, but um, sure. I'm not necessarily like an acts of service person. Um, so it doesn't matter. I want to do it all myself. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I'll just, just pay for it, which has always been like not a big deal to me. But um, I, I think sometimes that when I have that attitude, then I just, I've now created like a precedent where I'm going to, pay for it and then I'm going to continue sure. that way and then people um, don't always have that independence of learning the I, I have made the mistake of oh, well I'll pay for it because I'm the adult in this situation whereas maybe like we're the same age but you are in college or you are you know whatever so you money doesn't always make sense to you you know that it's like this crippling fear right, in your life right. like you you are so crippled by the idea of what money means but you don't actually understand um, which of course this is just like a generalization there are people that work their way and through college and like money is an ever present thing in their life but for the people that like maybe for instance have like a full ride and maybe their parents pay for their apartment that you know going out into the world is going to be harder for them sure and uh i've been in the world a long time so therefore uh i'm like oh yeah no this is just how you do things um however i think that sometimes that can really you can you have to be really careful because you don't know how you may be skewing someone's perception of life um so yeah it'll be something where maybe i i have the money so i'm going to pay for it because that's what i want to do um but maybe you're teaching you you don't realize how late into life you're teaching people still and um so it was really interesting because for instance in my last relationship um i paid for our apartment the entire time Mm -hmm. we lived in it um which living with someone is always interesting but it was because they were so afraid to go out and get a job and then when they finally did they didn't understand money because I'd been paying so long already that they were so excited to have money that they were the bills hadn't been something and um, in fact since um, the breakup he did come to visit me and um, 
we were uh, talking and he's talking about his new apartment and um, how he's, he's really excited because he's, you know, working more and whatever, but he, he's like, I I keep forgetting that um, I'm going to have to like pay rent. Like I'm going to have to think about like, oh, yeah, no, I have the money now, but I need this money later, right. so I... Like, I yeah, about every and, 30 days or so, they're, they're going to be looking like, for that. I'm like, yeah, you know, watch out. Wait till you start paying, like, insurance. Right, right, right. <laughs> so uh, I think that that um, is interesting because you don't... I, you don't always know when you're pacifying someone's decisions. Sure. So you, being independent is really important, and you don't always realize... You think sometimes that you are just making a decision because it's easier. I love making decisions. I make decisions all the time. <laughs> Making decisions is easy if you let it be. However, when you are making decisions that affect other people, I think you don't always realize that, right. um, yeah, you are pacifying them. Right. Yeah. So. It's funny, something that you just said. Um, you said, I've been in the world a long time. There's some people listening to that, and I'm not and I, like yeah. I'm not making fun of you at all. Oh, no, because it's not really. In well, because you're but. 23. Mm-hmm. So, but... Um, because I've known you, you were probably... I was like 16, maybe. You might have even been like 14 or 15, because yeah. you were in the Ghost Walk that mm-hmm. I directed here in Jerome. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't remember what the role is, but I remember you had to wear a fake mustache. Yes. Yeah. Um, I like great you, you were, Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I, like about a year ago when I was just unpacking stuff, I came across a bunch of pictures from that, and I, yeah. found, and I think I might have reposted it and tagged Very it. Very possible, yeah. But I do remember, and, and this term gets you gets way overused, and I kind of find it cringeworthy, but at the same time, it's an easy like shortcut for people to understand, because yeah. I remember directing you, and I was very early on, I was like, oh, this girl's an old soul. Like, yeah. this girl pays attention. She knows the stuff in the world that Teenagers don't notice yet. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, I mean, you had been, you had done some acting at that point already, yeah. but like, you were a good actor. Not yeah. you were a good child actor. Like, yeah. You were a good actor. So I was like, oh, okay, this yeah. is interesting. Which I think was like, I don't even remember. It might have been Facebook. It might have been Instagram that we like kept in touch because I was like I think on paper this probably looks weird like I but I was just like oh whatever no, no. she'll be a hundred soon <laughs> right so yeah it's like yeah but it, it's always been one of those things and like we like we had a conversation about Dungeons and Dragons like a month ago because I, I had just started doing it but you've been doing it for a while and you're like yeah. oh, it's important to have this and yeah because you know, I was like oh this is what I feel about our dungeon master and like I'm not great by any means and uh Man, I love D&D. I unfortunately don't no longer play with my group, so sure. I'm looking for a new group. But, um, yeah, n- no, it's, uh, yeah, you, you need all the, the best fit. You need someone right. that's communicative and capable of creating story. I think my frustration, because I think I may have said Redemption Master wasn't very creative or whatnot, mm-hmm. and it's, it's one of those things. So I looked at it as, so the group was... The three, world building. Yeah, yeah. but... The guy who is doing it, and I don't think he'll ever listen to this, and I'm really not shitting him, shitting on him <laughs> if, if he is, because yeah. I think he's a great guy. But it was, it was four of us, and we all worked together. Right. And so, and there was uh, there's one girl in the group who I was like, her and I had like gone out for coffee a lot, and like we would talk a lot at yeah. work about not work stuff, just yeah. like, intellectual stuff and whatnot. Right. Where the two guys, 
I had no interaction with them outside of work other than Dungeons and Dragons. And it was clear to me, I was like, this is their creative outlet for the yes. week, this three hours, where yep. I was like, I do creative stuff all the time. Right. So I'm like, okay, if I'm doing another creative thing, it has to be stimulating to me. And I was like, absolutely. oh, I'm in the hands of people that don't create all that often. And not right. to say like, you have to be, you know. Uh, but if you're not always ex- like stretching the, that muscle, then you... It's harder to get into it, and especially if you're just doing it once a week. Right. And maybe if your campaign's already pre-planned, I think that there's a laziness right. that comes with a pre-planned campaign because you're not having to do as much work, and it's great, and you're not going to put, like, you know, six hours a week in your DM time of planning out what's going to happen because you're like, I worked all week, I don't want to. Right. You know, not everyone can be Matt Mercer. So it's, right. um, yeah, I think it's one of those things where if if they sit down and they're like, yeah, we experienced it all together. They're not realizing maybe, hey, I need to be putting a lot of work into this. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they don't. And then, yeah, I think it's really hard um, to like wax poetic if you don't do it ever. Sure, yeah. sure. I found it's really hard for me so maybe this is my own control thing it's really hard mm-hmm. for me to collaborate like I've tried it multiple times mm-hmm. and like in certain like I realize like the collaborations I want to do it is I guess in a controlled way where I'm yeah. like I have these ideas yeah. um, I'm working on this script but I would like someone to design like say the costumes for people because right. that's not a strength of mine right. and I can be like I kind of like this yeah sort of like these ideas but right. you can come up with something way better than me whereas like like I had a I did like an exercise a couple of years ago with an artist friend of mine and I tried to do it as like a series I wanted to do like an art exchange look for the cat yeah you know? I feel like um, I see her but I don't, uh, no, I don't see her. so but, art exchange so I said with this other artist I said we'll each work on two you know 12 by 12 panels yeah said we'll start a paint I was like we each give each other two words yeah like two like stepping off words and I, yeah. I don't even remember what they were but I were like you paint about half of a canvas not right. like physically half but like half of what you would consider a done painting right and then ship them to the other one got it and you know we do it back and forth and I was like and then it's up to the other artist to finish it right um and it was interesting I forget what those because there's that type of painting it's like a beautiful monster or something like that where one person does one half of the page and then right. folds it so you can't see it yeah. so it's different because you because you're basically painting over another artist's work or right. adding to it uh, but it was sort of it, it was it was cool and it was yeah. very freeing but it was also like well this is never going to turn out the way I have it in my head right. but it becomes something different and I, I I wanted to do like a series like every month have like another artist like ch- trade with them but the mm. couple people I had lined up like ah, I'm not ready this month I was like no problem and yeah. I was just it kind of like fell by the wayside but I'd still yeah. like to do that but that was like that was a fun collaboration but yeah. I had done like real time trying to paint with two street artists and they work much faster than me so they're like you gotta work faster if you want some stuff on the canvas and I was like ah yeah this is this yeah. is not for me yeah but and that was a huge like I don't know, probably 30 foot by eight foot canvas that was right. tacked up on the wall. And it was yeah. like spray paint and stuff like that. And yeah. I'm just like drawing teeth here and there. And they're like, I like, I'm going from 
one spot to like four inches to the right of it. And by yeah. the time I get to there, they've already put something there. I was yeah. like, okay. Yep. All right. So I'm going to have to adapt. And yeah. You know, but I was also like, oh, this is a good learning experience for me that this is not for me. Yes. So um, what are you doing creatively now? So I've been painting a lot since um, I moved into this space because I have room, which is really exciting. Right. So I've been doing um, a lot of, I want to call them medium scale in my mind, but they're, I mean, they're large. They're larger than most people's paintings. Um, but I've, yeah, I've been um, painting this series that's all kind of an exaggerated female form. Um, and some of them do kind of become very three-dimensional, which is great. I love mm. three-dimensional art. Um, I don't sculpt much, though. My mom and I uh, did recently make some very large ceramic bananas, which the kiln is open today, so I'll be seeing them. Nice. But yes, we've got very, like, like almost the length of the table. Uh, yeah, so it's very exciting. I can't wait. I know nothing about glazing, so I'm like, yeah, this is going to... I figure it's like hair color where you look at it and it oxidizes and then it becomes something else. So sure, sure. I was like, I don't know what the fuck this looks like. Right. How would I even know what color this is? You right. just have it labeled and I just have to pretend. Um, <laughs> and like, sure, you have like swatches, but how would I know? Right. Um, so yeah, it's really interesting. Um, but I... I have been, yeah, doing um, just a large series. And in fact, um, unfortunately, the one that's the most popular is the one that is not available, um, which I wish it was because that would be great. I have, like, easy money. Um, did you do it for someone? I or? did, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, so it actually, it's very funny. It hangs um, on the wall of my ex-boyfriend. Good for him. Okay. Uh, we don't talk anymore, but I know that he has to look at that painting sure. that I did, and I think that's very funny. Sure. Um <laughs> Because <laughs> I told him to keep it. I was like, yeah, fucking keep it, whatever. Um, I made it, and then uh, it was something where he had dibs, so good for sure. him. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, – so I've I've just built a series off of that where it's just kind of um, large bursts of color and then just kind of filled in. Um, one person described them as visceral, and that's just how I want to be described at all right. times. Um, I did have someone want to commission a painting from me, but it – upon further uh, examination I'm like you don't want to commission a painting for me you just want to hang out with me right uh, that's different sure <laughs> and then I'm just like captive audience because I was like oh yeah what do you like what do you think I mean obviously I'm not going to do what you're thinking but like what do you right. kind of want um and then they're like, I want to get to know you. And I'm like, I'm going to kill myself right yeah, here right. at your feet. <laughs> like, thank you. Uh, I'm just going to go home, but thank you for wasting my time. Right. Um, but, yeah, so it's been interesting. I've, um, I've done... I've done several, and they, yeah, they stand at about four feet, usually. Yeah. Um, but those are really fun, and then I've been... Um, do you do... Is that oil, acrylic? It's acrylic, yeah. I I don't have the patience to wait for things to... I'm the same way. It's amazing. And then, you know, things can get really muddy, whereas with acrylic, it's just like it never gets muddy. Right. I don't have... Yeah, the the patience of people that do oil oil and watercolor are impressive, and it's not who I am at all as a person, so... Watercolor's been an interesting journey for me. Yes. Um, When I... One of my friends who I was, uh, I was telling you about who I'm going to get together with later mm-hmm. um, is a very, like, I hate the word muse, and that's not even the correct one, but, like, mm-hmm. that's definitely way over you. No, she's, like, my artistic sensei, yes. almost, because I learn way more from her than, mm-hmm. she, like, that. Um, 
as much as the chance inspires me, although that's absolutely true. But yeah. so we were we talked about art right off the bat, and uh, you know she asked me, she's like, "What are you using?" I said, "Mostly acrylic." She's like, "Have you tried watercolor?" And I was like, "I don't like how you don't have the control." And blah, blah, blah. She's like, "Yeah," but that's sort of the magic of the medium. And I was yeah. like, "But it was basically me." And I didn't realize at the time, I was just like mm-hmm. being terrified of losing that control. Right. And so when I was leaving, because I had met her and it was, when I met her, I already knew I was leaving. So it was like a right. very like, like there was no fat on the friendship. It was just yeah. like, we talked about shit that mattered all mm-hmm. the time. And um, so she gave me a going away present and it was um, a set of watercolors and the brushes. And she nice. goes, here you go. Stop being a pussy. <laughs> I was like, fair enough. So were they the tubed watercolors? They or? were. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, which is funny because that's not what I use most of the time now, yeah. mainly because they don't travel that great. No, you need just the little, the like, children's little set. Thing. Yeah. It's my favorite kind. Yeah, and people see, they're like, wait, you paint with this? And I'm just I'm like, like, fuck yeah. I was like, trust me, I have the other ones too, and I never use them. Mm-hmm. I was like, they're great if I were set up at home painting. I was yeah. like, but if I'm set up at home painting, I'm not doing watercolor. Yeah, no. So, and it's, I don't want to have to get a palette out, and I don't want to have to fill up glasses of water, and yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm just like, because half the time, I paint at a coffee shop, and mm. I, I literally use the condensation from my sweating glass of iced coffee to yes. paint with. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I'll paint with coffee, too, but... That was a huge thing. The first six months after I left here, I just did watercolor for a yeah. while, and they were fucking terrible. Yeah. But I got familiar with it, and I became less scared with it. And it's funny because I'll go back and forth now. Like day to day, I think I tend to do watercolor more. I also know that the way I do watercolor is not correct at all. Either, but it's correct <laughs> for me. Yep. And it's it's more like oh, I'm coloring in a drawing. I just yeah. did, mm-hmm. um, and. Yeah, because I tried doing it without that. I was like, oh, yeah, this still looks like trash. Yeah. But I'm also not doing, I think, what people stereotypically think of for watercolors. Um, And I get a lot of interesting, like, because I I do a lot of uh, figures. I do a lot of nude figures. And you can get interesting color. uh, I mean, first of all, we're we're both Caucasian. We don't have white skin. We have a million colors in our skin. Um, Pantone did that where they uh, they lined up I mean like 500 people and it was all about you know yeah you can have white to you know so on and it's like you know how many different colors are there because what's your undertone you know and that's been a lot of issues with like not to interrupt you but with makeup for instance especially with darker skin is they aren't getting undertones so that's why it's really great that we're moving in a new direction because undertone's so important in like art and in your just like life that we aren't addressing and that's why some people can't wear green they just can't fair enough it's just true fair enough (laughs) um that's funny because i'm sure people wear stuff that just doesn't work with their complexion but don't know how do you know yeah how do you know also who the fuck cares like do whatever yeah Yeah, but wear what makes you happy yeah uh my mom always is told that she looks she's like people tell me all the time i should be wearing purple and i just i fucking hate purple i'm gonna wear purple i'm not gonna wear purple i don't care if it's the best color i don't care if i was going to a ball and like i needed to be my absolute best to impress whomever what i needed to like you know your cinderella moment not everyone looks good in blue it's just true I literally own one orange shirt. Orange is my least favorite color. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny because I have a buddy who almost everything he wears is orange. Yeah. It's his favorite color. But uh, I, I have one orange shirt and I wore it 
the, the second day of this trip, and a friend of mine's like, oh, you look really good in orange. I go, how dare you? Yeah. How dare you? Don't um, tell me the thing I hate yeah. is the thing you like. <laughs> I'm not here to please you, Mm-mm. miss. Um, <laughs> and she's like, yeah, that's why I don't give you compliments. Yeah. Fucking nuts up. Mm. But um, to your, you work at an art gallery. Do you? Yes. Do you work at one here in town, or is it... Yeah, so um, I'm at Nellie Bly 2, which um, gallery is uh, kind of a loose term. It's more so a high-end jewelry store, but um, I... God, I really hate um, details. Uh, Like, I love to give them in stories, obviously, but, like, when I'm um, first meeting people, it's something where I don't ask your name, I don't want to know anything about you, because I'm going to remember it forever, and uh, if I only know you for 10 minutes, now I have... Why is this going to be in my brain when I can fill it with High School Musical for the third time? Um, that makes sense. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and by third time, I mean 3,000 times. Sure. Best movie ever made. Wrote a paper on it for a class I wasn't taking and submitted it for a grade. Um, I did, I, like a C, which is impressive because um, it was a senior uh, college class. Right. I took it for a friend who didn't have time. And I went to the class all the time. And for the final project, they were like, I don't have time to write this paper because they were like stage managing a show. So they're like, can you, I mean, you took class. Can you, they were like, it, you just have to write a review, pro or con, whatever, on any movie. And I was like, any movie? <laughs> You mean that, like, you are going to give me control over your grade for any movie I want to pick? So I just, like, eviscerated High School Musical 3. It was great. Um, But, yeah, so I work at a high-end jewelry store um, and then also gallery. So I work for um, an acclaimed watercolor artist, actually. Um, And then, uh, so we have her art on the walls, and she's been doing a lot of printmaking. Um, And then I, uh, yeah, so I just, I essentially sell high-end jewelry to people, um, mostly tourists that have an extreme sticker shock. Um, I think that they have um, a very tombstone version of Jerome in their head. They're like, okay, I'm coming out to this town. I have no idea. Like, I need a Zagat guide. And then also, by the way, they're not going to be doing, like, gunslinging in the street. I think that people do think that we're going to have, like, live shows in the streets or something. They're going to, like, walk in and we're all animated and, like, you know. Like, come the third week in October if you want that. Yeah, no, but I don't won't be what you think anyways. yeah but it, I think it's really hard when they they come in and they they think you know everything's a brothel and they come in and they want to ask you but you know the, the inappropriate questions are just constant yeah um which is hilarious um but uh yeah I think people come in and they have this idea that they're gonna get like some kind of tchotchke thing and then they're gonna ship it off to their kid they don't care about um and so <laughs> it's really interesting because I did hair which is incredibly personal it's you know, everything about your appearance is, you know, kind of living on your head. Um, and so it was really hard because you, you are, you're constantly tampering with someone's like entire identity, mm-hmm. um, whether they want to think so or not. You know, people that were like, I don't care how I look. I'm like, yeah, you fucking do. You right. came in to get your hair done for your wedding. If you didn't care, you would have done it yourself. Right. Um, so you can pretend like you don't have a sense of style, but I will what not to wear you so hard. So, um, <laughs> so it, it is interesting because um, jewelry can be kind of a similar way, just on a much lower stress scale. Because right. you know, it's sure it's identity, but um, I watch as people come in to pick out presents. 
And I think gift giving is really hard for people because it's so hard to let go of what you want. Sure. Um, but it is really interesting watching as people come in and um, they're like, well, I know that she likes this, but I like this. So I'm going to get it for her because if she doesn't like it, then I get to have it. And I'm like, what a fucked up thing yeah, for you to do. Like, congratulations. Like, you get to keep the gift. Um, just buy that for yourself and then buy your friend the thing that they actually want. But um, I do spend a lot of time talking like, um, like in-laws out of gifts because they don't understand they're like, I don't know, she doesn't really, I want to buy her this really chunky Native American piece, um, but I know that she really likes just simple, plain silver, um, but I don't really, I, th- I think she'll wear this also, and I'm like, are you sure, or do you want me to point you in the direction of something that she something will so wear? Good. Maybe you should send a picture to someone that knows her and have them right. agree. So, yeah, it is really interesting, but um, we do uh, carry pretty much only um uh, individual artists where it's like they craft everything they mix their own alloys for metals and they go to the stone dealer and um, it, it is more expensive because it's one person that's playing every role it's not manufactured so therefore um, it is going to be more expensive and I think that that's um, a really hard thing to wrap your mind around when you could go into Tiffany's and sure their markup is huge sure but even with their huge markup you know you can buy that diamond band for you know probably not a quarter of the price but much cheaper so and then it is also hard um when one ring that looks almost identical to another ring in the case you know there's a thousand dollar difference and i think that that's really like hard for people and i'm like well this girl it's her and her husband he does all of her lapidary work for her and she designs it and they live you know in a small town somewhere and then this guy has about like 15 people working for him and he designs it and he never even touches the ring. Right. He just is the one that like batters us with yeah, phone yeah. calls. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I think that that is really hard, um, especially when you are investing a lot of money in something. Cause I think it's hard to invest money in things. It's easier to buy, you know, it cheap. Cause you're like, yeah, I'll just, you know, then I'll wear it out and I'll get rid of it. It's, right. you know, why buy a hundred dollar sweater when you could buy a $15 sweater and blow through it in a season. Right. And then it's done, you know? So I think that's hard for people. That's Investing, yeah. Fast fashion, fast yeah. jewelry. Hmm. Well, that's a. I don't know. That's a good point to stop. I mean, I feel like I feel like we could pick up this conversation again in you know mm-hmm. two years, five years, whatever. Oh, yeah. um, but that's. I mean, that's kind of what I like about talking to creative people is you can just talk and mm-hmm. like. You definitely have opinions. I have, yeah, I've got a lot of opinions. (laughs) Again, not passive. Well, and that's, I mean, I think that's part of why having not lived within 3,000 miles of Mm -hmm. you for for, uh, at least six years, something Mm -hmm. like that, maybe Mm -hmm. longer, uh, I was like, ah, this is someone I'd still like to have tangentially in my life. So, yeah, yeah, I appreciate you taking the time, and I appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate you, too. (laughs) Thanks.